0: Sometimes when you're in the deepest valley of pain, you discover God in new ways. Because he will come to you in your pain, lift you up and carry you and restore you. Welcome to First and Foremost, a weekly broadcast of First Presbyterian Church in the heart of downtown Greenville senior pastor richard gibbons invites you to join us as we study god's word together and discover what is first and foremost in our lives last week i reminded you that god is determined to have a people who will spend all eternity with him in glory he's determined and i showed you from chapter 62 verse 1 where God says, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till their righteousness shines out. Do you see the determination of God? He is determined to have a people who are going to spend glory with him. He is determined that our righteousness will shine like the dawn and our salvation like a blazing torch. He's determined that. Now, this morning, but here's the question, and you're saying, great, yes, I understand, this is what the gospel does, but what about when I'm going through times of pain and suffering and grief and sorrow? How can I possibly be radiant? How can my heart throb through times like that? You see, we have to face the fact that living in a fallen world is difficult because Christians are not exempt from the suffering that comes in a fallen world. But what I'm going to be saying to you this morning, but even in our suffering we can be radiant. When we look through the lens of the gospel and we get our focus right, when we look through the lens of the gospel and we understand suffering and we understand the great promises of God. And we will be amazed even in our times of suffering, when we look through the lens of the gospel, we will be amazed at how our perspective changes. And today what I want to show you is how God comes to us in our times of, of trouble, how he comes to us to bring us comfort and hope. And so we turn to God's Word. Isaiah 63, starting at verse 7 through verse 9. This is the word of the living God. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all that the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, according to his compassion and his many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And then this amazing verse. In all their distress, he too was distressed. In all their distress, he too was distressed and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old." This is the Word of God. I'm going to say three things to you this morning. I'm going to lay it out up front. I'm going to say first of all, when you go through times of trouble. Where your focus is, is going to determine a great deal of how your attitude is going to be through times of, su- of, of suffering and pain. And what we have to do when we go through those times is we have to recall all of the great, wonderful things that God has done for us. We have to go back and look at what He's done for us. That's what I'm going to say first. Then I'm going to say second, but everything God does from us flows out of His nature. It flows from the kind of God that He is. And we're going to talk about the fact that God is a God of compassion. We're going to look at that word compassion. And then you're going to see how even in the midst of our struggles, this God who has done these incredibly wonderful things for us, who is the God of compassion how he actually comes along with us in our sufferings, to be with us and to experience them with us, but also to lift us up and carry us through them until he restores us. Now, that's the message this morning. we go through suffering. Where's your focus? We have to go back and remember what God has done for us. We have to remember his nature. He is a compassionate God. And we have to experience the reality of His presence with us through them. So, let's look at this. When we face times of trouble, we must first remember what God has done for us. Look at verse 7, the first part of it. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which He is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. All the Lord has done for us. Now, let me tell you why we've got to first remember what God has done for us. Because when we go through times of difficulty, we often lose our focus, don't we? When we go through times of difficulty, we often lose our focus. We become so overwhelmed with the trials and the suffering and the pain that we're we're facing, we get stuck there. And it's like we can't get it off our minds. It becomes we're almost obsessed with these circumstances. And when that happens, we become easily discouraged and distressed. And it's only then that we put the lens of the gospel on and we remember what God has done for us. Now, let me tell you what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that you don't face reality. I'm not saying you stick your head in the sand when you go through times of difficulty and and struggles and just say, okay, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to come to grips with it. Suffering is real. Grief is real. Pain is real. They're all consequences of living in a fallen world. We have to come to grips with it. We have to face it. But once we've faced reality of it, then what we have to do is we have to say, but God, remember what I've done for you. Remember Jesus and remember how I sent him for you. We have to come back. And we have to see those great promises of God. We have to remember the kindnesses of the Lord. And thus, what does the verse here in Isaiah say? I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deed for which he's to be praised according to all that the Lord has done for us. And when we find that, the kindnesses, the mercies of the Lord, that's an Old Testament word, a Hebrew word that meant these incredible acts of undeserved mercy that comes from the Lord out of his faithfulness to his covenant promises, that he is a God who's filled with loving kindness and mercy. He says, think of all the good things. Lift our focus out of the pain of the moment and lift them to him. And remember all of the good things he's done. He's forgiven us of all of our sins and failures in Christ. There's the cross. He has given us Christ's righteousness and glory as we've seen the last couple of weeks. He's called us by a new name, his name and the name of the city of our God pointing to the fact that we belong to him, and it points to our eternal destiny to be in the city of God, the new Jerusalem, our eternal destiny. That we are his workmanship next week when we end this series. We're going to look at the next chapter of Isaiah where he talks about the potter and the clay. And what I'm going to say to you, I'm going to pick up on this from this week and say part of the way he molds us and makes us is through times of difficulty and pain and struggle. But you have to put the lens of the gospel on. And you have to look at God's faithfulness to you over the years. And you have to remember what He's done for you. You have to remember how much He loves you. His eye is on the sparrow and His eyes on you. You have to remember the mercies of God. That brings us then. You can't understand the mercies of God without understanding the character of God. And that's where the rest of this verse goes. Look at look at your, it's on your outlines, but look at the verse. Yes, the many good things he has done for the house of Israel according to. See those words? According to. What are all these good things he's done? Where does it come from? According to, and you find these words, his compassion and his many kindnesses." It's interesting if the Hebrew, the emphasis, you know, you have to really, you, you can't necessarily pick up in some of the translations the emphasis that's in the original writings. The emphasis in the Hebrews is, is, is it's almost reads like this. The emphasis is, in the greatness of the good things God has done for us. Did you catch that? I mean, that's the emphatic there. The greatness of the good things God has done for us. He's done all of these good things for us because he's a compassionate God. And I'm going to talk now about the Old Testament concept of compassion. I'll talk a little bit later about the New Testament concept of this word compassion. The idea of compassion, this word meant, that he shows pity to us. He empathizes with us. He sympathizes with us. He's loving. He shows mercy to us. He's tenderhearted to us. He acts in kind. That's the concept behind this word. Remember the many good things that God has done for us. And you know what? His compassions never fail. Remember what he's done for us. Remember where that comes from, his compassion. But then I want to take you to this next verse. This to me is one of the most remarkable verses in all of Isaiah. And it's verse 9. In all their distress, he too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In His love and mercy, He redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Listen, do you see the meaning of this? It is so beautiful. It's filled with such great comfort to us. John Calvin says what what God is doing here, He is, in a sense, He is drawing himself to us, accommodating himself to the, he says, to the manner of men. He's saying that God comes to us and he understands our distress. He experiences our distress. The language here is forceful in that it says God bears our burdens, and He carries our sorrows. Now, you hear what I'm saying this morning? Here's what I'm saying. When we suffer affliction, God suffers with us. When we hurt, God hurts with us. God feels the suffering of His people. As his own sufferings. This is the work of our great high priest, Jesus. In all their distress, he too was distressed. Hebrews For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, and yet without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace at our time of need." You see it? Two words, mercy and grace, they're There's a different nuance to those words. Mercy is what we don't get that we deserved to get. God's judgment. Grace is what we get that we don't deserve at all. Mercy is what we don't get that we deserve. Grace is what we get that we don't deserve. And where do we find that? We find it at the throne of grace. And how Jesus is filled with compassion toward us. He suffers with us. He carries our sorrows. Listen, let me take you back to Isaiah again. Remember Isaiah saw the glory of Christ. Isaiah 53, you remember the suffering servant passage? Amazing Chapter uh, chapter 53, verse 4, listen to it. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Isaiah 53 is not just talking about Christ bearing our sins. It says he actually carries our sorrows. He bears our infirmities himself. Listen, as you read through the Gospels, Jesus saw the pain of people through the eyes of compassion. Matthew 9 said, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, distressed and downcast. Compassion. That New Testament word for compassion is very interesting. Literally, literally, the Greek word means your inward parts, your insides. The idea is the deepest center of one's emotions. Jesus looked at those who were in trouble and distress, and he felt compassion, the deepest center of his emotions was moved. Do you remember when Lazarus dies and he met Mary and Martha, and they're in deep grief? Do you remember this, when they were in deep grief? That verse, it has two words in it. Jesus wept. Now, why did he weep? He was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I mean, he's going to have a happy ending. Why did he weep? Because he was carrying Mary and Martha's grief. See it? He was suffering with them. Their grief was his grief. Their pain was his pain. That's the work of our great high priest, Look, Christians are not exempt from suffering, pain, and grief. But we have the compassion and mercy of God to uphold us. We have a Savior who upholds us. We're not alone in our times of suffering and pain. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Do you see it? He not only empathizes and sympathizes with us and feels with us, but he comes to our aid. He comes to rescue us. He comes to lift us up. Look at the verse It says, the angel of his presence saved him. Who is the angel of his presence who saves? Jesus. The angel of his presence comes to save us. And what does he do? He lifts us up and he carries us. The greatest grief I ever experienced in all of my life was the loss of my wife of 37 years. This was 11 years ago. When she was diagnosed with a terrible kind of leukemia, the first thing that came to my mind was Isaiah. It was chapter 43. And every day for 13 months during her treatments, my family read Isaiah 43, 1 to 10. Verse 2 was the verse that I claimed. Not to be morbid here, but when Ann died, I went ahead and put my marker down just to save my children all the hassle, you know. And I'll tell you what's inscribed on that marker is verse 2 of Isaiah 43, which says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you, When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then one last thing this morning. Not only has he promised to be with us in our sufferings, he's promised to deliver us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. If you haven't memorized it, memorize it. And this is what it says, and the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while. The God of all grace who called you into His eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while. Do you see this light at the end of the tunnel? After you've suffered a little while, listen, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast? God's taken me through a lot of deep valleys and pain. And I'm going to tell you from experience Sometimes when you're in the deepest valley of pain, you discover God in new ways because he will come to you in your pain, lift you up, and carry you, and restore you. You see it this morning? When you get down, put on the lens of the gospel, Remember the mercies of God, the many good, the greatest good, as the Hebrew says, things that God has done for you. And be assured of Jesus' compassion that he takes up your affirmities. He carries our sorrows. He suffers with us. He bears our burdens. And flee under his wing for refuge. For the angel of his presence will save you He will lift you up and carry you, and he will restore you. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. God, this morning, there's some here that need comfort and rest. It seems as we go through life that there are those times when we're overwhelmed. It feels like we're drowning in our grief and our sorrow and our pain. And the only way we can find relief and hope is through our great high priest, the angel of your presence who saves us the one who lifts us up and carries us. From every stormy wind that blows, from every swelling tide of woes, there is a calm, a sure retreat. Tis found beneath the mercy seat There is a place where Jesus shed the oil of gladness on our hearts, a place then all besides more sweet. It is the bloodstained mercy seat. And this morning, Lord, as we hurt and are in pain, we accept your invitation to come with confidence to the throne of grace where we can find mercy, receive mercy, and find grace, help in our time of need. Oh, Jesus, thank you for bearing our burdens and suffering with us and weeping with us we make this prayer in your name and for your sake. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you. Earlier this year, we spent several Sundays studying the New Testament book of Revelation. And if you would like to hear those messages again, please contact the church bookstore on 672-1846, and they will be glad to assist you. Join us again next week A Sunday morning is first and foremost.